what are you doing here? Uh, I heard the strangest podcast from the upstairs kitchen, and I just followed it down. Call it a hunch. But um, what the retro rewind podcast initialized. Mission identified. Young Frankenstein, 1974. Co-hosts online. Auditory analysis online. All systems nominal. Welcome to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago so that we can let you know whether they're still worth revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at retrorewindpodcast.com slash 99. There you can leave us a comment on the episode. You can find links to subscribe to the podcast in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And you can also find links to support the podcast uh, via Patreon and PayPal. Speaking of which, for this episode, our reflux capacitor was given an Abbey Normal fuel intake valve. Uh, Hopefully (laughs) that holds up for a while. Um, (laughs) Provided by our patrons, Brian Keating, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, Chris Cowan, Patrick Hicks, Patrick Hicks, excuse me, and our secret patron as well. Thank you all so much for the support, guys. Uh, With our latest patron, we actually hit our first goal of having all our web hosting and media hosting covered. So thank you all so much for contributing to the show. It's so awesome. Um, Now, you may be wondering who I am. Who Uh, are you? (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad designer and dance with my daughter to Disney ditties. And I predicted that Young Frankenstein would be a classic movie. And I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, co-host, not a monster, well, most of the time, Paul, the (laughs) master interrupter powers, hi, Paul. Hi, I was about to say, it depends on who you ask. (laughs) I suppose that's everyone, though, really. Oh, true. Good point. Oh, Good yeah, point. Yeah. I'm insightful, but can yeah, carry on. Depends on who you ask. Your trivial <laughs> question. Uh, the shifting hump on Igor's back was an ad-libbed gag of Marty Feldman's. Cool. He had sur- surreptitiously been shifting the hump back and forth for several days when cast members finally noticed. <laughs> it, it was then added to the script. Paul, have you ever done something different for a stretch of time that it took others a while to catch on to? Yeah. Well, no. no. (laughs) What I mean is for years, like all my life, I had my hair cut, parted on the left side. Okay. And then one day I decided to get a haircut and switch it and have it parted on the right side. Oh, really? See how, if anyone noticed? Uh-huh. And I wore it that way for a whole year and not a single <laughs> person noticed. And I switched back. And so now it's back on the left. But uh, yeah, so yes and no to wow. answer your question. No one ever knows. Was, was this during the life of our, our four almost four-year-old podcast? No, I did this two years ago. So yes. Yeah, during our podcast, yeah. Yeah. But... Now I keep it so short you can probably you can't really tell. No, I can't, but that's that's funny. No, I I never could tell Paul. Awesome. Well, Cuz you see me on a webcam, they kind of invert that sometimes, like mirror it. I don't know. Yeah, no, sure. 
Um, that actually <laughs> an excellent point. Yeah, that's why I didn't notice. Um, but uh, so we had we were going to have originally a couple uh, guest hosts. They both were not able to do it, and I had to go through a few people to finally get down to our pitch hitter for tonight. We'd like to welcome back all the way back from episode 97, I believe, which was on Adventures in Babysitting. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Patrick Patch Hicks. Hi, Patch. How are you doing? It's good to be here, my friend. Not Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I can't. I just, I just love that voice. <laughs> It comes by naturally when I wake up in the morning. That's my oh, morning voice. Okay. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you still have it on at 8.40 yeah. my time at night, which is like, <laughs> what, midnight your time or something? My goodness. No, I don't live in the Atlantic Ocean. Or like <laughs> well, I don't know. Time zones? My goodness. Um, but it's a good thing we're not time-oriented <laughs> podcasts. Exactly. Yeah, seriously, I live in the future. Future. future, future. <laughs> there goes oh, the future. Tomorrow. Um, just a couple hours, though. Oh, okay. Uh, Patch, just to get people reacquainted with you, can you please uh, remind us what you do for a living and what your favorite, let's see, instead of favorite movie genre, who's your favorite movie actor? Ah, okay. So, yeah, I, um, I'm a multimedia designer, e-learning developer. Mm-hmm. I do specifically military training. Uh, cool. But I'm... Just my love for design kind of flows through that. So I'm mm-hmm. uh, I just consider myself a designer in general. Nice. And I would have to say my favorite movie actor uh, would probably be probably Christopher Walken. Oh, uh, really? You like I, I, the Walken? <laughs> partly because I love <laughs> I love I love doing his voice. Oh, uh, but but also because he's just really eccentric and he's I mean. Most oh, of, wow. most of I his, can't believe you coming at me like that. He likes to get out and do something amazing. You did I've that way better than me right now. Normal. Oh my goodness. I've had a lot of practice. In fact, my, my boss always jokes that that was the reason he hired me. It was because I do a great Chris Walken. <laughs> I really hope that's not the case now. After working for him for almost four years, I really hope that I've established more credibility than that. But I like Chris Walken. I also love sorry, my mind is a blank. The late Heath Ledger. Oh, sure. And, yeah. and, and Hugh Jackman. I'll watch anything that Hugh Jackman's in. Oh, nice. Very cool. Did you see Eddie He's Eagle? I heard crush. good things about that one. I want to see that. I did. I did. In fact, um, I was uh, I was talking to my um, my my podcast buddy uh, Aaron from Feeling Film about it, mm-hmm. saying that it's a great feel good movie and there's some really great backstory about it because the movie itself, the source material is only like makes up maybe like fifteen to twenty percent of the actual movie. Huh. Okay. So there's a lot of liberties that were taken, and we had this really great conversation about is a movie's inspirational, emotional feel valid, even though you're taking liberties with some of the source material that's, that's, you know, that has fact behind it and stuff. So, but I'm surprised it has that much behind it, considering Hollywood's behind it. It made for an interesting discussion. It was a good movie. I liked it. Oh, you cynical Paul, you, why don't you give me your cynical prediction since I forgot to ask also my cynical prediction for, uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, okay. Young Frankenstein is that it's doo doo. <laughs> really tragic, no. huh? Um, no, I'd, I'd say nostalgic. Nostalgic was okay. my prediction. All right. 
Uh, back to Patch. Uh, for your trivial question, I have, uh, let's see. In the Playing on the Ritz number, Igor can briefly be seen playing the piano on the right side of the stage. And I've never yeah. seen, noticed that. Uh, Patch, do you play any instruments on or off the stage? I do. I play the acoustic guitar on the stage, and I play the air guitar off the stage <laughs> anywhere I can. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? <laughs> just kind of ran right into that one. Uh, Wild stallions. <laughs> be excellent to one another. Be excellent. Uh, let's see. And Patrick, what was your prediction for Young Frankenstein? I predicted Young Frankenstein was going to be a classic. Awesome. Okay, let's see if those predictions pan out. Uh, Paul, will you please enter the course for Alice for this episode? Hey, Alice. How you doing? It's been a while. Let's uh, have those little... What's going on, Alice? All right. I guess I shouldn't make conversation. Let's just uh, <laughs> go have a roundtable discussion. Sorry. I didn't know she was acting finicky. Someone's a bit touchy tonight. Uh, let's have a roundtable discussion on the movie Young Frankenstein, and then let's come back and see what we've been up to lately on our new tubes, and then we'll see what announcements we have. Sounds good, Alice. Uh, please don't don't take anything Paul's saying to heart. I mean, he uh, he likes personally. you, or personally, oh, yeah. it's 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 all good. So yeah, just, shape up, Alice. Come on, let's find go. The, Get the, with the stop Alert! Alert! Target located. Spoilers incoming. Engaging retro rewind reactor. It's coming from the deep, dark recesses of the mind of Mel Brooks. I love him. Young Frankenstein. Like you hear me? This guy means business. Starring Gene Wilder as Dr. Frankenstein. That's Frankenstein. Peter Boyle as the monster. Whoa! Marty Feldman as Igor. My grandfather used to work for your grandfather. I'm sure we'll get along splendidly. Oh. Horace <laughs> Leachman as Frau Blucher. And Madeline Kahn as Elizabeth. What do you want to do to me? I'm not afraid of you. Kill the monster! See Mel Brooks' Young Frankenstein. Yes, I think we could all use a good laugh. But don't see it alone. Don't miss Young Frankenstein. Personally directed by Mel Blazing Saddles Brooks. In black and white. No offense. I'd be very curious if that voiceover was actually Mel Brooks, because at the very end it sounds like him. No, yes, it is. It definitely. is. Definitely okay. okay. Well, apparently you guys Not just have at the end, but all throughout. Better minds and maybe even memories than I do. But how good were our collective memories of Young Frankenstein? Here's our memory mind melt synopsis. The relative of Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein teaches a class that his ancestor was a fraud even going to the point of insisting his name is supposed to be pronounced Frankenstein. There's a constant back and forth about the mispronunciation of both Frankenstein, pronounced Frankenstein, and Igor, pronounced Igor. Maybe, uh, Igor? Dang it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
There is the recurring joke of the chick's name, Frau Bruja. <laughs> causing lightning, uh, lightning and thunder clash. and horses to freak out. And there's some joke about knockers. Ha ha ha. <laughs> uh, Willy Wonka goes to his uncle's old castle to debunk the famous Frankenstein's work. But the Frankenstein monster comes alive as Peter Boyle is resurrected. Blind Lex Luthor, <laughs> a little girl, gets launched from a teeter-totter. And the late, great Peter Boyle and Gene Wilder performing, what? <laughs> Put it on the res. Put on the Exactly. Every time I hear that song, I always yell violently while Boyle does, instead of singing the line, Putin on the Ritz. Um, some of that was good, but others were way off. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Paul, will you please tell us how this movie was technically made? Sure. The movie Young Frankenstein uh, is rated PG, runs an hour and 46 minutes. And it re- was released on December 15th of 1974. So it's a Christmas movie or holiday movie if you're Jewish. The halls with Frankenstein. <laughs> or, or, or non-religious. Anyway. <laughs> Directed by Mel Brooks Festivus and written by Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks. And it stars everyone you heard in our audio trailer <laughs> as well as Terry Carr. Pretty much. <laughs> and um, more. Mrs. Mom. Not Mr. Mom, but Mrs. Mom. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, we've covered a couple of movies that had either Mel Brooks directing or acting in. If you go back to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 52, that's where we covered Spaceballs. And Mel Brooks also had a cameo in the Muppet movie, which we covered in slash 41. Now, did Mel Brooks have a cameo in this film? Because usually he does in his films. He, 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 he was the voice of the werewolf and of the cat that gets hit by the dart. That's it. Though. Oh, but okay. Because he was G- actually, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was going to say he actually wanted to make a, a cameo like he does in all of his movies, but Gene Wilder insisted that he didn't because he didn't want to disrupt the the tone or the 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 setting of the of the movie being black and white and old school mm-hmm. he thought it might yeah so so he so he threw his voice in there as a wolf and a yes, cat exactly nice uh what other technicals you got paul oh sorry i was looking at <laughs> the cast and, and mel brooks in there uh let's see the Budget of this film was almost three million dollars, and it went on to gross over eighty-six million dollars. Oh my word! And it went on to make almost forty million in rentals alone. Can I be frank with you, Paul? Uh, uh, uh. No, you can be frank. Oh, frank. (laughs) Frank. Very good. Very good. Um, So. Obviously, lots of people love this movie, at least enough to make it get that much of a return. So let's talk about the things we personally liked about Young Frankenstein. And let's start with our guest host, Patch. What's one thing you really liked about this movie? Oh, man, that violin music at the very beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I think I mentioned this in the last episode about the soundtrack, but Mm -hmm. I thought just that that violin music really quite literally set the tone for the entire movie. Oh, sure. Not realizing until later, 
as a first time viewer, I mean, this is not my first time watching it, but mm-hmm. going back, thinking about the fact that it became the quote calling card for Frankenstein to be kind of drawn back. Mm-hmm. It really was cool just to hear that. You know, just, I can't even do it. I'm not even try. Uh, of course I did try, but anyway, uh, just, just hearing that sort of just completely sets the tone for this eerie setup. And if you're not familiar with Mel Brooks's comedy, it's kind of, it's kind of jarring when you get into the the funny stuff later on. So mm-hmm. I thought the I thought the music was really good. Yeah, and it definitely, I mean, they're going to they're sort of uh, parodying the old uh, Universal monster movies, and I felt like <laughs> the way that sort of violin seemed very reminiscent of that style. So I thought it was <clears throat> definitely played well into, like you said, the overall tone of the movie. Um, Paul, was music something you liked about this movie? Um, the violin definitely uh, stood out as uh, nice and positive, and somehow it meshed really well with the with the film altogether. But even though it, it would seem contradictory, but it, it I thought it, they did a really good job in it. Nice. How about, what's something else you like though? Me? Oh, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we usually you and I talk about like the credit intro, mm-hmm. and it was kind of slow. But I like the fonts that they used in this. It wasn't just Helvetica, <laughs> so the fonts were good. But the you know, slow intros, uh, not so much. You know what? I I actually I liked the yes. You're right. We usually talk about how we don't like slow intros, but. I thought similar to the music itself. I thought this was very much a throwback to those old movies where you had pretty much all the credits at the beginning. That, yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah. <laughs> so those I thought old that was boring credits. <laughs> but because it was a parody, if we were doing an old movie like Swiss family Robinson that did that, then I'd be like, yeah, what's wrong with this room movie? But that since, was actually good. Cause they had the storm going on. Since it's a parody of one of those movies, it's like, it makes a lot of sense. So I like that. Did you, did you notice, did you guys notice at the very end, there was a credit oh, to yeah. the studio who, uh, the, the help me out here. If you, if it you was essentially the, the guy who had all the original props for the original Frankenstein <laughs> from, I'm not sure when it was made, 40s or 30s. But uh, Mel Brooks actually asked if he would um, uh, let them use those same props for this movie. Uh, so that they could dress it the exact same way, and he said yes. Uh, he would just he just wanted to actually be credited, um, which is why you see that special credit at the end of the opening <laughs> credits. Because apparently in the original he wasn't credited, which is kind of a bummer. oh yeah, nineteen thirty one by the way thirty one. Thank you. Uh, so that that was cool though. He finally got his his due for that all that cool stuff. Not knowing that yeah. piece of trivia, I would have thought that was kind of a joke, a credit joke. I was like, really? You're going to credit somebody? <laughs> <laughs> it's like crediting somebody's like closet. Like, we'd like to thank uh, so-and-so's wardrobe closet for... Uh, that would be pretty it. funny. I, I think I could totally see Mel Brooks doing that, but yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. I thought it was a joke, and I read that piece of trivia. I was like, mm-hmm. what? Really? That's yeah. awesome. Uh, what else did you find awesome about this movie, Patch? Oh, man. Uh <laughs> this goes back to, I think, Mel Brooks's entire style of comedy, his subtle, like small jokes throughout mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. the, the moving hump on, on yeah. Igor, um, 
what else did I have written down? I love the um, the uh, particularly what what stood out to me was the opening bit with Frankenstein in his uh, in his class, and oh, he okay. was and he was uh, doing the demonstration of voluntary and reflective, um, Re- reflexive. I think, yeah, ref- reflexive, um, whatever uh, movement or something. Yeah, yeah, or impulses <laughs> or so, yeah, 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 and. <laughs> And of course, Gene Wilder makes a great scientist <laughs> anyway, because he's just eccentric. But just seeing the subtlety of him trying to demo how, you know, those those reflexive uh, movements are innate. And then <laughs> he pinches the guy's nerve in the back and he just mm-hmm. nails him right in, <laughs> in the groin. And you see the guy's face just go, <laughs> you know, things like that just help set up all the jokes that were coming later. totally a small small bit that i want to mention on uh, since you talked about that scene was every time subsequent every time previously watching this movie i always thought the guy was sort of faking and so he is paying him an extra dollar for faking it really good (laughs) and that he never actually hit him but seeing it this time i'm like oh so he did hit him actually it's just he didn't move uh reflexively because of that nerve uh, pinch Vulcan uh, neck jo- joint or whatever. I guess the Vulcan neck pinch is what you yeah. call it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so that that was cool for me to see this time. Uh, but yeah, I, I I sort of echo echoing what you said, Patch. I thought the overall humor of this movie was I, I was laughing so many times, and I know some some of our listeners. Uh, one thinks that I don't enjoy comedies or I don't get comedies, but I definitely get Mel Brooks. So I, oh, there you go. I, That's a step up. <laughs> it's only a step away from Monty Python. Oh my gosh. Paul. What's something you like, Paul? I liked the character Igor at first. Igor. His name is Igor. Igor. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, oh, I wrote down. <laughs> yeah. And the, you know how he would even break the fourth wall, look at the camera, yeah, and totally. And so, and that was a good uh, balance between the the raging Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find him. He did rage, but it wasn't like overdone. He certainly had. He was a very dynamic character. I thought. Oh yeah, just choking people when they <laughs> weren't listening <laughs> to him. That's that's not overreacting. Uh, Grace, yeah. yeah, that's what you call it. Um, let's see. Let's go back to Patch. What's something else you liked? Well, the 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 thing about Mel Brooks and his movies, and I've, I've I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a handful enough to to get his style. Mm-hmm. What I dig about what he does, and I think he does it really well in this particular thing, is he makes sure that the genre that mm-hmm. he's telling his story in mm-hmm. stays intact he doesn't he doesn't throw it in the garbage for the sake of his comedy mm. and like i remember Monty python yeah but, <laughs> it's, but it's funny because i had a note written that he his comedy lives in the same vein as monty python and i suppose sort of absurd, uh, the, just the absurdity of it like yeah. you know with, yeah. you know with gene wilder and his fiance touching elbows because she doesn't want to be touched she's mm-hmm. got all this makeup on and stuff like things like that the stupidity of it but yeah I'm watching this movie and I'm going, there are some really genuine, not necessarily scary moments, but genuine like horror moments. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. like the gags visual or verbal or whatever didn't deter from the overall 
like tone of the movie. It's still, it, it felt like it was intact and Spaceballs, I mean, just as a side note, does the same thing. It's a yeah. great little adventure story. Mm-hmm. Not everything is just a gag about, you know, about the parody. You know, yeah. That's what I think makes a parody really great is that you're, it's, it's like being a cover band. You're paying tribute to the band that you're, or the song that you're covering, but you're putting your own little spin on it without necessarily, um, you know, losing the the essence of what that song is about. And I think what he yeah. does here with these is really, really good. Yeah. And Young Frankenstein, I think, is what makes it probably stand out to me as one of his best. Mm-hmm. Good point. I'm, I'm curious, Paul, what were there any sort of, uh, as Patrick was saying, horrific moments that you thought where you were like maybe on the edge of your seat a little bit more than you were expecting when you watched through this? Um, I, for some reason, the scene with the little girl stands out yeah, to me. Yeah, I was thinking the same with, thing. But, you know, there weren't any, like, I'm scared, you know, <laughs> <laughs> moments. But As you do. Um, okay. Uh, but, yeah, that uh, for some reason, even though I've seen this movie before, I still got a little tense, like, around the little girl. Yeah. Like, same yeah. here, same here. Um, then it becomes just total fun when he <laughs> launches her into the her room. Yeah, I laughed out loud at that. Yeah, because <laughs> I forgot that she wound up in there. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, it just occurs to me that so much, so like several of my notes were about just different points of how the what the humor was like. Like for instance, oh, yeah. I like just the deadpan humor style of mm-hmm. a lot of the jokes. I just, I, yeah, I really appreciate that. Especially, Along with the, the oh. deadpan, I was about to say, I enjoyed some of the facial expressions in response to that mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. had. Yeah. yeah, but in particular, I thought Gene Wilder played a great straight man to everything else going on around him for the, most, for the, for the majority of the, the comic moments. So mm-hmm. I really like that. Ironically, being the the guy that played the straight man, he couldn't keep a straight face during uh, a, a few key scenes, particularly oh, the really? one where where Igor bites into his fiance's. Uh, uh, oh yeah! Scarf thing. Oh yeah! Yeah! I had yeah. to do that take like over and over and over again because oh, because Gene just kept busting up laughing. I mean, it was just <laughs> so funny. I, I would love to be on set. I would love to be on oh, set. Right? Oh my gosh, yeah. that would have been amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, I don't have too many more. Uh, do you guys have a lot more? Well, I I like the the casting was was perfect. Oh um, yeah, I think everybody if um if you, if you want to get an idea of uh get an introduction to certain actors like Gene oh, yeah. Wilder and and Freeman, these are the this is the movie to do that because yeah. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan of Willy Wonka, but you get, <laughs> you get the comedy of G. Wilder and yeah. of, what's I can't, I can't I can never remember what, what what Freeman's first name is it? It's not uh, Corey Feldman. Feldman. <laughs> Mar- Marty, 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 like Marty, Marty McFly. Marty, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's as someone who just enjoys film in general and and the subtle comedy of this. This is a great film study. It's a great study in how to. Mm how to bring jokes and how to make the most of a scene. So what I loved most about uh, one of the things I love most about this movie was the nonverbal jokes. Oh, totally. Like yes. uh, for instance, the um, 
the book that said how I did oh, it. Oh, I love that so much. That... Or um, or the uh, <laughs> the brain depository. Yes. <laughs> and I don't again. I don't know if there were actual brain depositories way back when, but I love at the bottom of it. It says, um, oh, "What was it?" It said, "After five, please deposit brains in the oh, yeah. you know, slot. <laughs> a big slot for brains." <laughs> yeah, and of course, you, again, you get this stuff in in Mel Brooks's other movies, but yeah, he pays attention to the, the scenery so that mm-hmm. when you're watching this movie, it 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 brings back a good amount of rewatchability because you want to catch these little small things. Like I didn't notice until tonight. Uh, Peter Boyle's zipper on his neck. I didn't yeah. know. I didn't, I didn't notice know. That. I haven't noticed that. Even though, yeah. even though what's her face called attention to it, I oh, didn't yeah. notice it until I was watching the scene with him and, and Gene Hackman. And I was like, what? There's a zipper on his neck. That's hilarious. Oh, wow. Yeah. So just I things like that. For the first time, this viewing as well. Because you could totally take a movie like this and say, you know, it's simple. It's, you know, it could be considered quote lazy storytelling, but it's nothing like that at all i mean it's very very th- well thought out mm-hmm. and um yeah. and all that so I, I can really appreciate that awesome. i was surprised the attention to details in this as well mm-hmm. little things like that that you were saying yeah I, but, uh, oh go, go ahead i was just gonna say another just another attention to detail thing i think so many directors would let the the, the moment the scene where uh frank frankenstein or frankenstein and the the inspector are throwing darts. Oh yeah. And he like, uh, Frankenstein keeps missing, uh, whenever the inspector would like sneeze or say something really loud. I think a lot of directors would have just let the comedy within that scene be self-contained. But then when you go out and the inspector's leaving and the darts are in the, the wheel, the um, tire of the car, Mm -hmm. and you see that there was sort of a fallout of that scene. I love that. There's that through line and it made it just, a lot more clever, I thought. Yeah, definitely so. well thought out. I, one of the things I really thought was great, and this makes me think that <laughs> the way these scenes are set up and the way that they're acted, it almost feels like they're spontaneous. Like on the fly, the mm. actor's like, hey, this would be cool if we did this. And yeah. I know some of that took place, but in particular, the whole scene between uh, between Frankenstein and the inspector and not the inspector, but one of the constables in the street when they're trying to get the body back to the castle uh, oh, and, yeah. and, and Boyle's <laughs> hand is he, he's, you know, it's sticking out. And so he has to make use of yeah. it. And so he's like, he's like, he's like, you know, rubbing his hands or, you know, his hand and Boyle's hand together yeah, yeah. to make it look like he's, you know, he's trying to warm him up and then he tries to, you know, shake it. Just that kind of stuff. Because to me, that's, um, I, I look at that and I go, that took four people to to block that scene and make it funny. It didn't look like it, but you had to have you had to have Freeman, you had to have Boyle, you had to have um you had to have Wilder and you had to have the constable all doing their thing in order to make this scene work. Uh but it just comes across as just something like, oh, they just made that up. And I think that's what good comedy does. It doesn't feel like it's forced at all. Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Um Speaking of force, I'm going to force a segue in here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Paul, what's anything else you liked before your classic maker? I just have one more, and that's something that our, Patch already said was the cast. I think mm-hmm. each person uh, does delivers uh, an exceptional performance for their character that they've been cast in. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Frau Brücha. <laughs> that... that role could be so underplayed but she she brings it you know like 
it's something you don't expect from that kind of character or even uh, Terry Gar. Everyone is just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, let's talk about the funnest things about this movie then with our classic makers. Uh, Patch, why don't you kick us off with the thing you love most about Young Frankenstein? Well, I, I had no doubts that this particular scene would uh, would uh, would stand out to me the second time, and and you guys probably know where I'm going. It's the uh, it's the putting on the Ritz, dan- yeah, dance sequence. I, I love 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 Peter Boyle. I think I, you know, I saw Young Frankenstein as a kid. But then I really get to know Peter Boyle as an actor watching Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Uh, playing uh, alongside uh, Doris. I can't remember her last name. Oh, yeah. I can't but either. The grandmother from Christmas Vacation. Exactly. Exactly. I love it when actors, you know, I'm, I'm sure actors and actresses love it when they're called by like, oh, you're that guy from that movie about that thing, you know. <laughs> but um, so, didn't you used to be? <laughs> but seeing seeing him act in this and seeing just his comedy and its own, you know, unique Peter Boyle, big, you know, burly guy way. Um, that to me just epitomized what it meant to be like funny, you know, having the funny and funny guy and straight guy mm-hmm. next to each other. Mm-hmm. And what you were saying, Francisco, about just, you know, Gene Wilder's ability to be, to play that straight guy uh, is personified by Peter Boyle's just non threatening at least until the fire goes off yeah. um persona mm-hmm. and um so you come i mean that's my favorite scene but it really got inspired by the scene with with gene hackman and how peter boyd didn't have to say anything he just had to make movements mm-hmm. uh, yeah. he just had to move around and he had to just do these things non-verbally and make a few grunts here and there yeah and i'm laughing out loud because not because he's saying anything but it's what he's not saying it's what i'm feeling like oh gosh you're, you're, exactly. i feel so far sorry for you oh man when that when he smashes that mug <laughs> oh yeah you feel so on. bad for him <laughs> awful so yeah but putting on the roots is is my is my classic maker i love i can watch that scene over and over again yeah that is that's is great even when people like do the meme with uh putin from uh russia i always <laughs> still insert this scene into sort of that meme just in my head um uh oh and uh and ever from everybody loves raymond the grandma's name was doris roberts the late doris, doris roberts, roberts. There she, is. Yeah. she was great yeah. too she's great too mm-hmm. not in this movie but in everybody loves right yeah. <laughs> she's getting christmas vacation as well yeah <laughs> oh fine oh. uh let's see uh paul what was your classic maker uh put a pause on that right now i wanted to revisit putting on the ritz okay and that's because um usually people put pins in things but all right we can put a pause on it it's yeah, an electronic well, let's, show, let's right? put a pin on it and focus on it okay because uh apparently gene wilder and mel brooks wrote this movie together and apparently gene wilder really wanted this scene in it mm-hmm, and I've mel brooks really didn't mm-hmm. and but gene really insisted and actually went out over the director which is unusual yeah <laughs> but some people think this scene hurts the movie like really mel brooks, and some oh, well, people yeah. uh think it it helps make it so and in my family we've had discussion there's people on both sides in my family oh interesting um, so I wanted to find out. So we know where Patch lies and that, that it, it helps it. What do you think, Francisco? Does it help it or hurt it? Mm, can I say both? <laughs> because, 
because I yes, it does both. I, but go ahead, explain. I loved it. I almost wish that was either the climax of the movie, yes, or the the or just just. I mean, you get that, and then you maybe get an epilogue or something. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so we'll we'll it's talk about stand that out a short bit by later. itself. Um. No, I mean, I just think it's it's the great it's a great way to cap off everything that's happened to that yeah. point, and then we have more movie. Uh, yeah, so, but yeah. And by the minutes, way, I, I, more movie. <laughs> I, it's my favorite scene as well. I think it it hurt, it helps it. So awesome, cool. W- was that your classic yeah. maker of the ball or something? No, it wasn't else? my. Actually, you'd think it would be, but my classic maker is actually the variety of humor in this. Mm, and yeah. I think you can find there's slapstick, there's puns, there's all sorts of every kind of humor in here. And I think I I suspect that anybody can find something humorous in this movie mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. So just because it has that much variety of humor, which is hard to do. Yeah, it will do well. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think that's what it, the classic maker for me is. Oh, very cool. Um, and then for me, I guess it's it's a, a more specific segment of Paul's classic maker is just I loved watching the interplay between Gene Wilder and Marty Feldman as <laughs> Frankenstein slash Frankenstein and, and Igor. Um that was good. I like that, Francis. That was a Thank good. That was a good Thank you. I like it. Did you pronounce it Froderick Frankenstein? <laughs> um. Anyway, I I just they every time they were doing something off one another, I I just thoroughly enjoyed. So that that was my classic maker. That's awesome. Now before we get to the things that uh, didn't go so classically about this movie uh we like to go out to uh our social media channels like twitter uh facebook instagram and and ask you our awesome listeners what did you think about this movie or any other movies we cover when we cover them uh so here's what some of you had to say about young frankenstein uh first from twitter uh diego who's at a latina lawyer said the migrating shoulder hump put it on the wrist and Frankenstein, R.I.P. Because, of course, and we've neglected to mention one of the reasons we decided to do uh, Young Frankenstein was as sort of uh, in honor of Gene Wilder's recent passing back in August 29th of 2016, which is just a month ago at the time of this recording, um, even though you'll be listening to this in October of 2016. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's the main reason we wanted to cover this now. Uh, but thank you for your uh, for your feedback there, Diego. And I would just like to say that yep. if you if you get a chance to on October the fifth, or if you got a chance to, we hope you get a chance to watch uh, the Fathom Events, the the group that um, basically does these specials, like in theater only things. For oh, like the only. opera and the mess. Yeah. yeah, exactly. This is slightly less robust. <laughs> <laughs> than the Met, but for one night only on October fifth, Fathom Events put on a um, a screening of Young Frankenstein. So oh, cool! Uh, if, you, if you got a chance to see it in theater, fantastic. If not, check, check it out. It. Yeah, I check think this will out. be coming out after that. But yeah, 
I just realized. Whatever. It's fine. Hopefully you got to see that because that sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's weird to talk in the past. <laughs> if not. The future, 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 future. Check out theater near you because there will be other shows. Yeah. Well, but actually, I, I want to say, if if you, should you, after listening to this episode, if you can't get enough Young Frankenstein talk, go and check out Feeling Film Podcast because they actually are, even though they have at this point when we're recording, have not recorded their episode. They will be recording it and releasing their episode before this one comes out. So. And I'll make a prediction that it might be pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be awesome. What are you talking about? I mean, maybe not as awesome as this episode, but hey, you know, <laughs> I'm not biased or anything. No, uh, but I think there's a common trait here. It's me, right? No, I'm kidding. Oh, that's oh, a good that's point. A good point. Mm. Okay, no. Yeah. Darn it! I guess yeah. we're yeah. I, I, well, we got I don't know what cocaine parties on our oh, podcast. There it is. There it is. <laughs> where, where was it going to happen? Oh my word! Thank you. If that for becomes your... a running gag anytime I'm on the show, I will be pretty happy. Wow! <laughs> okay. Of all the things to be happy for, uh, <laughs> something it's the little things. It's the little things. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, speaking of film and film, though, uh, Aaron L. White who's uh, your co-host on Feel and Film Patch, if, in case you yep. didn't know. Um, he said, oh my gosh, us too, uh, in terms of, I think, covering it. It'll be my first time seeing it, watching it with my kids on Friday. So that's cool. I hope Ooh. it's. I hope you had Is an awesome experience. Is this a kid-friendly film? Well, <sighs> his kids are in their tweens. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. And his kids are 13 and 11, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those where the comedy is a lot like Shrek comedy where, mm-hmm. you know, oh. adults might get the get the the other jokes that aren't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of singing and rape scenes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. From cocaine parties to that's amazing. How do you do it, Paul? <laughs> it's Paul there. Out? I didn't do it. I didn't put it in the the film. It's interesting that you say that, though. I wouldn't let my daughter watch this, but I have let her watch. She's watched Shrek 1 and 2. But I well, think yeah, because there's no rape scene singing. <laughs> well, despite the singing or not. <laughs> well, you could say in a way that, um, uh, geez, what's his name? The guy who's John Lithgow. No, from uh, Shrek. Oh, yeah. the uh, Mike Myers? No. No. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I want to say Prince Humperdinck, but I it's just it's, watched uh, this the other day too. This is so sad. <laughs> Not Count Dooku. I don't know why that's going to He's always in short stature. Count Dooku. It's Star Wars. Um, men of his kind are oh short to fly. It's- there are yeah, people that think little of him. I know all the lines yeah. apparently, but no. It's Will Eisner, you know. <laughs> um, Shrek. Yeah, you look that up, Paul. It's wow. This Lord is Farquaad. Lord oh Farquaad. Oh my gosh! And now I don't even remember what I was going to say about him. But no, but there is something. He rapes people. Oh yeah, he rapes the land of fairy tale creatures because he gets rid of them all. Oh, is that where we rape the horses and ride off on the women? <laughs> <laughs> Excellent segue into Three Amigos. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, let's get back to Young Frankenstein and your social <laughs> comments, though, on it. Uh, so, oh, thank you, Diego and Aaron, for your Twitter feedback. Then from Instagram, 
I think it's Raven Fitz L or RVN Fitz. It's pronounced Raven Fitz. <laughs> <laughs> says, love it. Then the plea says, Dare Wolf, Dare Castle. Uh, I'll stop that now. Thank you. Uh, that's a great. That's a great joke, by the way. I wrote that down. Yeah, that is yes. <laughs> there, Castle. <laughs> Why All are right, you I'm easy. Like that. <laughs> um. Uh. So thank you guys for those comments. Uh. Continue on with from Instagram. The almost thirty podcasts that love this pick. We're in. We're into it. So thank you guys. Uh. Then Martin Obando, who is actually a longtime past guest host from. Uh, Episode four, Fly of the Navigator, said uh, one of the best movies, classic one-liners, brilliant cast and director, top five movies for me. So thank you, Martin. And then uh, Christopher Battles says, like all Mel Brooks movies, great humor. Also the subtle and not subtle humor. Igor, not Igor. So thank you, Christopher, for that. Uh, now we're going to move on to our things we didn't really care for about this movie. I mean, there may be some, maybe not. Let's find out. And I'll kick us off uh, just so you're not hanging in suspense because there was something I didn't like about this movie. And no way. As much as I, I liked uh, Marty Feldman and Igor, I thought there were a couple of his gags that didn't really land. Um, uh, yeah. For me, I, the whole uh, um, when he says... Uh, Gene Wilder says, uh, dang your eyes. And he says, he points at him and too late. I thought just the whole pan in and drawing attention to it. It's like, I think you could have done that a lot subtler, subtler, more subtle, more subtle, more subtly, whatever English language. Um, and have it, (laughs) had it been more effective. Um, yeah. So that was me. That joke needed a little more time. It wasn't done. It wasn't, wasn't done yet. Cooking. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> Neither um, was that joke. So no. Nope. <laughs> uh, how about you, Patch? What was something you didn't like? Um, I thought that there were a couple of small subplots that felt really thrown in, uh, mm. particularly like the 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 scene with I guess the townspeople and the parishioner, oh, or whoever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah, just you know, we're watching all this stuff go on inside the castle. And as far as I knew, it was happening sort of in the privacy of the castle, mm-hmm. but How apparently it was causing a stink. Yeah. Cause they stole the body. It's not like, I mean, we don't know <laughs> what happened in between when they stole the body and when, you know, Peter Boyle came to life, but that whole I thought, scene, I thought they were like, upset just because another Frankenstein was in there is in the castle and they didn't, I think that, that yeah, I think that was the I, reason. But yeah. it seems like it would have made more sense to have like maybe a couple people like seeing them do something or seeing so- them taking the big card away. I think that would have yeah. been a better yeah. sort of lead into that town meeting. Yeah, um, I mean, it was a it was definitely a plot device that forwarded the story, mm-hmm. but it really kind of going back to what you said, it forwarded the story after putting on the Ritz. And I think yeah. you know if if those guys if that scene hadn't existed, then putting on the Ritz ending the movie would have been perfection mm-hmm. because you wouldn't have had to yeah. say, well, what about the crowd? And then, you know, it's just this kind of dumb. Although yeah. it did, it did itself a favor by introducing us to inspector Kemp, which I thought he is great, you know, with the, with the wooden arm. And I thought he was a great character. 
So well, cool. didn't like the scene, but I love the introduction of the inspector because, you know, his scenes with Gene Wilder were great. Uh-huh. Did Did you like the inspector, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> I, I could take it away. I enjoyed that. I, I recognized the actor because he was also in the movie producers. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the first one as the, the Nazi guy. But mm-hmm. um, so I enjoyed it's weird. I enjoyed the scenes with him in it of himself, but I think they slowed the movie down. Oh, okay. And were unnecessary. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, sort of going, something I didn't like, which dovetails into that, is um, I thought that I want, I, I almost wanted a little bit more from the inspector. And I think in a way that the actor playing him couldn't deliver, like for me personally, when I, for whatever reason, and I don't really know why, I feel like Steve Martin could have done a lot more and brought a lot more to yeah. that role, especially yeah. since, I mean, he's already trying to do this physical comedy type stuff. And yeah, I just think Steve Martin would have sold the lines better. I think he just would have done an overall better job. Yeah. Um, and and something else I didn't like casting-wise was I, I'm a fan of Madeline Kahn, and I just felt like she's in this too little. I wanted more of her, and maybe I mean maybe that's <laughs> I would have gotten sick of her if she wasn't if she wasn't in it more. But I was like, where's she? Needs, you be, need to be in this more, Madeline. You with your flame, breathing flame, breathing, breathless, breathless breathing. Yeah. Anyway, clue reference for those who are like Francisco. What is going on? Are you? Did you just come from a cocaine party? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What? No, I shouldn't be celebrating that. Yeah, jeez, Paul. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Let's back. get back to the rape scene. What? <laughs> <laughs> Segway oh, with Madeline Kahn. I thought that's what we were talking about. No, Paul. Is that something that you don't like about this movie? Surprisingly, no. Um, <laughs> or at least the, that's not one of my points. Okay. Um. <sighs> Not to be, I have the weirdest segues, actually no segues, so let's just go, I already said the credit intro was boring, it's something yeah. else that I put down, let's go way back to the beginning, Okay. back where he's teaching in the class, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. that guy in the front, who's <sighs> Asian with the long hair, that <laughs> hairstyle just screams 70s so much, that whenever they do a crowd shot, I instantly look at him, and in my mind screaming, why are you such a 70s student? This doesn't look like it's made, you know, with the black and white anyway. It just yeah. t- totally took me out of the movie. Well, yeah. wasn't the time frame supposed to be 70s, though? Like, it took place in the 70s? It was just shot black and that's, white? That's a good question. Because mm. it's, I mean, certainly when they get to Transylvania, everything is, like, a century old or what have you. But it, I thought, given their sort of their level of science... They were somewhere in the 20th century. Yeah, I thought it was early 20th century, not 70s, though. That's okay. what I took. Okay. I mean, I I honestly didn't notice that, students. I'm not sure who you're talking about. Okay. But, For right. me, it's, it it was too jarring. Okay. was Were there any roles that you didn't care for, uh, Patch? Honestly, no. I, I thought that every... I think Paul, you mentioned this earlier that every cast member really owned the role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I had to pick something negative about it, it's the fact that Gene Hackman didn't have more screen yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was he was a pleasant surprise. I, thought he had to see. I mean, again, I'm I'm nitpicking at this point, but mm-hmm. I just think that I've never seen Gene Hackman in a comedic role. Yeah. Outside of like maybe his eccentric Lex Luthor. 
Yeah. But mm. so to see him in something like this was kind of a, it was a, it was a surprise, but it was a very, very cool, refreshing thing to see mm-hmm. the guy. He that, was desperate for money back then. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> he hadn't gotten no i agree i would yet. i loved i i liked him in the that comedic role i wish there was yeah. more of that yeah and, and and maybe it's maybe it's not necessarily that it, i wanted more of his character maybe i like you francisco i wanted to see maybe his actor the actor in another role that was more pronounced mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. you know like the inspector although dude steve martin that's a great pick for uh for inspector camp i, well, I think i'm saying if i if I could pick any other character, I think that'd be the only other one that I could see him in mm-hmm. in an extensive role. So. Mm-hmm. Uh Let's see. Let's let's go back to Paul. What is something you didn't like? I only have my tragic maker left. Patch. What is something else you didn't like? Um, I thought uh, as a whole the movie was a bit long. <laughs> That's thought, my tragic maker. <laughs> darn it. Stepping on toes. <laughs> no. It's, you, 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 you found Con- me out. Segue. Continue, and then Paul will take it over. Yeah, so it just, um, I say again, I say all this in the vein of it was overall a really great movie. Mm-hmm. It, it uh, the subplots, I think, were were what kind of did it for me because of the mm-hmm. fact that it was flowing really nicely in the castle scenes, and I I tried to count how many daytime scenes there were, and there were like two: one oh. at <laughs> breakfast and then one with the with the little girl. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but everything else was at night, which I thought was kind of cool. I was thinking, man, how do they film all this stuff at night? You know, they have to. You know, in the studio. That. In studio, exactly. You know, <laughs> duh. Why are you ruining my well, movie well, magic, Paul? Jeez. <laughs> I wanted to be entertained. And <laughs> um, but I thought that, again, when you got into those subplot pieces, it felt like it was just sort of kind of filling out a movie. And it, yeah. it's funny to, to think that. And then to find out later that the movie was actually entirely way longer than mm-hmm. it turned out to be, and they cut a bunch. Yeah, I read that. So I'm too. like, why didn't you cut those oh, really? subplots? You know, <laughs> right? Wow. But uh, so that was probably, you know, I think that was my tragic maker as well. Yeah. Secrets. I, I wonder if they thought that the monster wasn't enough of a, an antagonist, and he's really not. That they needed some sort of outside threat to make the movie. Uh, feel like there was like a clock running or that they didn't just have a bunch of time to just like hang out in the castle that there needed to be some um stakes. immediacy Raise or stakes. The stakes yeah what are the stakes exactly yeah. <clears throat> um let's see uh one other thing i liked before or i didn't like before my tragic maker uh actually paul since uh patrick mentioned yours did you want to go for yours i think everybody said what i was gonna say as far as it was being Ditto. too long, too long. But actually, there was some like you you've mentioned before, Francisco. Not every joke landed, so mm-hmm. half the time I I was thinking to myself, okay, let's get on to the next scene or the next joke. It's like mm-hmm. right. okay. One one little nitpicky thing that I noticed and I had never noticed before. Probably most people wouldn't notice. Um, is when they trap, so uh, Frankenstein's monsters out in the streets, and uh, and then um, Frankenstein Frankenstein's playing the violin violin with yes. that uh, sort of costume, and they try trap him. They put the net on him, and then uh, Inga uh, puts the syringe of a, we assume like a tranquilizer or something into him. 
she never pushes the plunger in. She just sticks it into him. And then when it, she takes it out, it squirts out everything. Yeah, during the fall, it squirts out. I just, I didn't know that she didn't like push it in. I just thought we couldn't see it. Like, and then as they're falling, I know more squirts out. I just thought there was leftovers. For, for whatever reason, I keyed into that and I don't see her pushing that down at all. It just looks well, like she's Did she you puts rewind it, in, it and go frame no, by frame? No, I did not okay. do that. I did not do my due then diligence. You didn't do of valid that. research. Oh my gosh. I'm just, it's anecdotal, I suppose. But, um, but Paul, I'm curious if you noticed, since I brought this up in our last episode on the X-Files, that when they're going down to see where the violin music's coming from, that he's holding a candle out in front of him? Yes. And what would that do? That would blind him where he was going. Exactly. He'd fall down But it would stairs. light his face so well and, in a and, black and white and movie. Did, yes. <laughs> I was actually that's one of the things that I that I uh, skipped in the likes is some of the shots whoever the director of photography was did a really good shots with the black and white mm-hmm. some of them I thought were very well uh contrast and you, and you know oh go ahead patch no I was just going to add on to that and say like the opening credits you know is is kind of as kind of long as they were I love at the very end when you know Frankenstein's coffin is opened and you see a hand go grab like the box mm-hmm. and you know, it could have just been that, you know, the hand just takes it away, but <laughs> the, the guy struggles with it. Yeah. And I love it because it's a long tracking shot. Like the whole thing is just one long shot mm-hmm. and it culminates that one moment and you think drama, drama, drama. And then you see this like, uh, uh, I'm trying to grab it and I can't and finally he grabs it. And so it's, again, it's just, you know, Brooks's subtle comedy that says, mm-hmm. this is going to be what you think it is, but it's going to be something that you don't think it is either. It's exactly. going to be a funny thing. So it's exactly. good stuff. Um, it's my the wife, best of both worlds. My it wife, really is. Christy, who we were watching this together, um, she said that this reminded, that opening reminder of a space ball is just how it takes so long to get to oh, something. Gosh. Of course. Um, but yeah, again, Mel Brooks. Uh, Okay, uh, I think let's go ahead and get to our tragic makers, which Paul already said his. Um, let's see, Patch, what's the thing you liked least about Young Frankenstein? Um, probably just, again, I, I, I've already said it really, the subplots and the things that sort mm-hmm. of added to to kind of push the story along. Mm-hmm. In and of themselves, I thought they were really great. Again, I liked, I liked the inspector quite a bit. and um, But again, I felt like if those things were at the, you know, before putting on the Ritz, if they were before that scene, mm-hmm. um, I think they would have been just fine. I, I think they they worked well, but probably not in the sequence that they were in. Yeah, and you know that you mentioned that it's. I was I was thinking about okay, so where how would you how how could put on the Ritz be the culmination because he still has to um, become you know. Uh, go on a crazy spree and then become like have that mind transfer. But then I realized, well, after the mind transfer, you could still do that scene. It would still mm-hmm. make sense. He may not have his speech patterns, but he maybe has Frankenstein's calmness or something. And that gives him the ability to then do this uh, song and dance number. So it yeah. seems like you could still put it at the end. Like you're like, you're just alluding to, okay. um, but uh, I have to actually, for my tragic maker, I'm going to go uh, clash with you. 
about the inspector because man, I I mean this is kind of like overall his scenes like you were saying the subplots were slow, but ah, uh, I just I did not care for him. I, <laughs> and and I, I I maybe Steve Martin would have saved it. I I don't know. I'd like to think he would have, but I just every time he is on his like over enunciation of what I was like stop it with that. Stop it right now. Um and uh his his arm stuff was kind of fun, but I thought it was overdone. Mm. Uh, but that's me. I I don't know why. Imagine that, that a Mel Brooks character overdone, over the top. <laughs> no. <sighs> maybe if Barf were in this movie, I think it probably maybe that would have saved it. You know, uh, none here, sir. This is Mercedes. <laughs> you know, Francisco. I just had this thought. Um. If this movie uh, were not so over the top, let's say cut it in half, uh-huh. but have the the comedy more like Clue, uh-huh. which is which is a little bit over the top, but not so over the top. You, you yeah, I feel like it's more it subtle in Clue, but yeah, that's I mean compared to this, yes, yeah. Would I maybe enjoyed it that, more? That's more of your comedy if style. I w- would I have enjoyed this movie more if it was more subtle? More subtle? No, I I liked a lot of the broad stuff and some of the slapstick stuff and some of I think the subtler stuff I did enjoy more. Uh, like for I didn't like when they drew attention to Igor pointing at his eye. I thought that was like way on the nose. Um, yeah, almost punching my nose. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't it's think that no, I don't mind. think that would have made it like oh my gosh this is the most amazing comedy I've ever seen now. Well, um, it's almost yeah. better than Clue. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that a movie like this is um because Mel Brooks is doing two things in this movie as he does in a lot of his movies, it lends itself to being a bit longer and having those quirks of having kind of weird subplots that mm-hmm. I mean the subplots didn't they didn't not make sense. They just felt a oh, little yeah, yeah, yeah. out of sequence. And I think that when you try to do something like a straight comedy, you're going to get something that's, I think totally going to be different. And I, and I think that I personally felt like you would probably lose a, a unique brand of storytelling uh, in a comedy sense. If you mm. did that. Okay. And I love, and by the way, I love clue. I thought it was fantastic. Tim Curry is mm. one of my, oh, one of my nice. favorites. Um, and, and I get what you guys are saying. I get the, I get the, the, the comparison there, but clue was set up from the very beginning to be something that was just funny. Like everything was a gag. It almost, it, it seemed like, and so you knew what you're getting into. Whereas with Mel Brooks's style, you're getting kind of both. And so I, I bet as a director, writer, screenwriter or whatever, it's hard to kind of get those balances and make a full fledged movie, mm-hmm. you know, like that. So, yeah. Um, I think I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I think we're sort of going, getting into the weeds about well, how how could you make this movie better for Francisco, and that's not really important. <laughs> it's important to me, Francisco. Okay, let's well, talk. then you know we- what? Let's spend another hour talking about this. Um, so when you break down the opening shot of uh, the credits, how could we make that more interesting? I don't know. Here's, here's what I don't get. The movie's in black and white, but the poster for the movie's in color. And it's like, that's a bit deceitful there. Well, but old 50s movies, those were all color posters. You never got were black they? and white posters. Yeah, I remember seeing yeah. like ants on and UFOs on posters, and they're all color. Mm-hmm. Like a talk yeah. from the 50-foot alien from the bottom of the sea. 
Well, it shows what I know. In black and white, but this poster is in Technicolor. I'm sure that was is on there. Yeah. Francisco missed his calling as a as a narrator of trailers. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Don't mock me, Patch. <laughs> I like to mock you if I can. <laughs> You're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those are the things that we didn't like about uh, Young Frankenstein. And now that we've entered all our uh, firing solutions or fire, targeting information into the firing computer, Alice, do you have a firing solution for us? Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. Do we rate Young Frankenstein a classic? We'd recommend anyone go out and see this, whether or not you've seen it before. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend you go out and rewatch this. It's not worth seeing for like the, if it's your first time. Or a tragic, we'd recommend just don't watch this again, whether or not you've seen it before. If you have good memories, leave those memories intact. Don't sully them with a rewatch. Uh, so let's go around and say how we rate this movie. And let's start with Patch. Do you rate Young Frankenstein classic, nostalgic, or tragic? So I opened up with predicting it was a classic, and I maintain it still is a classic. Still a classic. Well, yeah, we recommend probably anybody go just go see this or see it wherever it is. And I would uh, I would say this that it is a great uh, entry point into the comedy of Gene Wilder. Mm-hmm specifically and to uh, Mel Brooks as a whole. Like you, mm. you, you capture just the quintessential Mel Brooks comedy in this one. So nice. Absolutely. Cool. Patch. Thank you. Uh, Paul, what, how do you rate young Frankenstein? I predicted nostalgic and I'm going to keep my rating as well. And oh, really? Nostalgic. Okay. Uh, the first time I saw this, I didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've only seen it a few times. Interestingly enough, the more I've seen it, I've liked it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand why people really love it. There's a lot of people out there that really love it, but I also know people that really don't like it. Oh, interesting. Okay. So um, do you know if those people don't sh- like Mel Brooks uh, overall or just this movie no. particularly? I don't know off the top of my head. I, I didn't do a, a poll I was like, oh, you don't like this. Well, do you not like this? I didn't I didn't go into it that well. But um, overall, I'm fine with not watching it again. But okay. uh, so I would have to say nostalgic. All right, Paul. I suppose if you want to be nostalgic on this, that's fine. Uh, I did want to ask oh, you. Oh, thank you for your. I will allow it. <laughs> Thank this you. time i appreciate your grace yeah I, of course uh as i was gonna say you 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 like it a little more each time is, i'm is there i think you rated Spaceballs a classic is there another mel brooks movie that you'd say is you would recommend over this yeah um robin hood men in tights oh okay hmm. did you say a blinken no, I said, hey, Blinken. Hold the reins, man. All right. Uh, cool. For, well, well, I won't delay anymore. For me, yeah, Inspector uh, didn't detract from me rating this movie a classic. I, uh, I really yeah. almost got. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Breathe easy, everyone. Breathe easy. <laughs> I really, I, I laughed so much in this movie. I, I really enjoyed it. 
Um, that is certainly the elements we talked about did detract from it. It wasn't a perfect movie by any means, uh, but yeah, it was definitely enjoyable and I would absolutely rewatch again and recommend other people watch it. Uh, so with that, the retro rewind podcast rates young Frankenstein, a disputed classic movie. Uh, like me, we'd recommend you go out and see this for the first time or watch it again. Uh, now let's get to our back to our own time. Good old 2016 on the good old 47th floor. 47th floor. We're not in the year 2015. Are, are you taking us to the wrong time period again? Oh, crap. <laughs> 1885. Darn you, Frank. The doc's alive. <laughs> the doc's alive. He's in the old west, but he's, he's alive. alive. Kid, you need help? I think I would. Misplaced that. Anyway, anyway. Me. Uh, <laughs> bum, bum, I know. Bum. Okay, let's back, back, back it up, back it up, back it up. Uh, what's new on our tubes, guys? Whether it's a new uh, movie, TV show, book, uh, new, you know, maybe, maybe not oil paint, but maybe an acrylic painting. I mean, maybe something like that. That'd be cool. Uh, but any, anything contemporary that we've been into recently. So we're going to change things up a little bit. Uh, normally we ask the guest host what's new on their tube first, but eh, I'm feeling a little uh, Abby normal. Uh, and I'm going to start with Paul this time. So, Paul, what's new on your tube? Oh, I recently saw the latest release of Magnificent Seven, the year 2016 version. Okay. So I've seen the original, uh, the 1960 version, if you call it original, because it's a remake of The Seven Samurais from Japan. Mm-hmm. So this is a remake of a remake. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I thought it was fun. If you haven't seen any of those other two, watch this one. All right. If uh, you like Westerns, I think you'll enjoy it. Cool. And so you guys, uh, uh, Patch on Feel and Film, recently covered this. We did. We oh, did. yeah. I can't wait to listen to your episode. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow morning. Yeah, it's the first episode where, not the first, but it's the one that we clearly had different opinions nice. of, of our of our uh, experience with it mm-hmm. and so it made Conflict. for a really really good it made for a really good conversation excellent patch what's new on your tube <sighs> well i uh, i did a little little uh, instagramming of this a f- couple of weeks ago but mm-hmm. um for all the retro rewind listeners i wanted to promote this thing um do you guys have books a million where you're Oh, the, the oh, I haven't been to a Books a Million in years. I mean, they don't okay. have them where I am. I'm not aware okay. of it, no. So Books a Million, it's a you know big box store like Barnes and Noble, uh, big bookstore. Oh, okay. In in our town, it's the it's the other bookstore because Barnes and Noble sort of has taken over in terms of being your your brick and mortar. Oh, okay. But um, the one that's in our neighborhood is actually moving to another city. Oh, okay. And I was driving around trying to go. I was, I was driving around and I saw they were having a big fire sale. So I decided to walk around and see if they had any comic books or mm-hmm. things that I normally, you know, would get online cause things are obviously cheaper online just sure. to see if there's anything. And I ran across, um, this book called back to the future. It says we've been talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> How apropos. <laughs> A, the ultimate visual history. Now, there's a oh, there's an nice. edition of this that came out several years ago. This is the 2015 30th anniversary. Oh, sweet. and I don't know what it has, what more it has from the first one. I didn't get the first one, 
but um, it's got a ton of cool stuff in it. It's got a bunch of mo- uh, uh, replica props from the movie. I'm coming oh, to it right now just to see uh, interviews with the cast, uh, copies of just of some drafts of the uh, of the movie storyboards just all kinds of stuff and it's Very just cool there's, wow. a, there's a ton in here that i haven't even gotten a chance to dive into but like it's got you know it's got the letter from marty to doc from oh, Moose cafe nice. um it's got the clock tower uh save the flyer, flyer? So, yeah yeah with with jennifer's phone number on the back this <laughs> i love you you know all these things that I'm going, Oh my goodness. And it's the entire trilogy. It's not just the first movie. So that's so it's cool. just, it's just fantastic. And, um, and so I highly recommend it. It's, I even checked that because normally, you know, when you walk into a bookstore and you see it, it's on sale, you usually just flash that UPC code and Amazon has it for like the same price. So yeah, it's not yeah. really anything, whatever, but I got this thing for like $13 Whoa, and it normally, no wants, way. Yeah. Normally, it re- like on Amazon, it's on it's selling for like thirty right now. So I feel like oh, I got wow. a good deal. Totally. So this was like yeah. this is like a double win for me. It's a great book, and I got it, you know, for a steal. So if you get a chance, uh, check it out online. It's um, Back to the Future: The Ultimate Visual History, twenty fifteen edition. But nice. But the my, real my brother got that for Christmas. I've thunkered. Oh, nice. I can vouch and say that it's cool. Well, here's the real question: Gray's Sports Almanac. <laughs> Does it have that in there? Because we can play some bets. I'm looking. <laughs> you you can buy that online on eBay. There's some uh, replicas can, of that can, you can buy online. Great, Paul. I, have, I, don't, I don't see it in here, but I just want to say this. For 50 years of sports statistics, that book was pretty <laughs> paper thin, okay? Yeah. so Hey, and, they use like four-point font in there. I mean, it's... You need a magnifying glass, but they could fit it in. There's no way Biff can read that. There's no way Biff <laughs> is reading the Cal UCLA score in four point font. Dude that's can true. barely get through high school. He's not going to be able to read some font that small. Uh, that's awesome. Um, well, cool. Uh, so that was, it's called the Back to the Future, the Visual Companion Guide. Ultimate Visual History. Ultimate Back to the Future, visual. Ultimate Visual History. Okay. And what's new on my tube is I recently saw the movie Primer, which came out uh, a few years ago now. Dude. It's this, Dude. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's this very, like, cooking-your-brain time travel movie. Uh, since so you seem to be on this time travel kick right now. Um, in terms of new tubes, anyways. Not that yours was so much, Paul. But uh, it's about this these couple guys that are just trying to invent a patent for something, anything, just so they can make some money. And they stumble upon this way to time travel to go backwards in time. And uh, they start out just sort of like going, like figuring out what stocks went up. And then they go back and then uh, place their money in those stocks so they can make money. And then it's sort of, it's interesting how they play with, okay, so if I am getting out of this machine now, I don't want to actually, I have to come and get into it at the same time I would be getting out of it. So I have to time that right so that I'm not running into myself and I can't turn the machine off when I'm still in there at some point. Am I in there? Am I not? It's kind of like a... Uh, what's the cat experiment that Big Bang always references? Schrodinger. Schrodinger's cat, yeah, is like 
Is it dead? Is it not? Are, is, are, am I in there if I'm time traveling? Am I not in there at this time? It's just really interesting thinking about time travel in that way. Um, I, I don't know if it's one I'd watch again. I think I would have to to really understand a lot more of it. Uh, but it's definitely an interesting watch. It um, sounds like the plot to Hot Tub Time Machine too. <laughs> I've never seen no, that. So no, I don't know. No. Me neither. No. I just saw the trailer. <laughs> Francisco, I'm going to tell you this. This is a movie that I watch at least once a year. Oh, wow. For okay. that, Not only because I think it's a great movie, but also because of what you just said. It is so tough to follow. Like mm-hmm. there's so much going on. I've even gone on the on the web and I found papers written on the movie oh my gosh okay with with timelines to kind of explain everything so Uh if you want to dive into another one similar to that there's a movie that just came out recently called coherence okay uh and it's available online it's got that it's a different director but it's got the same kind of wait wait what's going on here Uh and it deals with like science fiction grounded in some some science fact and okay cool so if, you, if, if you want to dive into that i i can't recommend it highly enough those are two of my favorite just mind trip movies nice that are just worth revisiting in my in my opinion very cool awesome okay. awesome so we have for our new tubes uh we have back to the future the visual history companion guide Ultimate right. visual history. Ah, ultimate visual history. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, we have from Paul, we had uh, The Magnificent Seven, the latest 2016 version. And from me, we had the movie Primer. So go check those out if they sounded interesting to you. All right. So now we're going to get to our 1.21 Game Watch section. And this time we're going to do a new game. Uh, essentially, it's going to be guess the movie based on the, the song you hear. So you got okay. you all our listeners at home or working out or uh, you know doing chores. You can play along too, uh, Paul and Patch. I'm going to uh, play. This is comes from a YouTube channel called TV Trivia. Uh, we're going to be playing. It's going to be playing uh, a segment of a Disney song, and uh, when you think you know the name of the song, say your own name. So I expect to be hearing Paul or Patch. Your own name. Paul or Patch. Paul or Patch. No, I... Uh, and then I will let you uh, try to guess. And if you don't get it, the other person can steal. And I'll do my best to keep track of points here. Uh, so uh, does it make sense what you guys are doing? Say your name. Guess the movie. Exactly. Exactly. And these are all Disney movies. <clears throat> all right. Does here. this include Pixar and Marvel? Uh, I don't think it has any Marvel. There may be Pixar, but I think it does include live action movies. But they may all be animated. It's been a while since I've seen this. So bad at the latest ones. All right. So here we go. Uh, I'll let you know when it's actually starting because it has a little video intro here. Paul, video intro. Hasn't started yet, Paul. (laughs) So you'll have 15, 15 seconds maximum for each of these. Okay, here we go. Paul Moana. Oh, no. Paul, it's uh, Lilo and Stitch. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Oh, you got one guess. On. What? Patch, oh. Lilo, and Stitch. Oh, very good, Patch. However, did you get that? <laughs> Got to play by those rules, You Paul. owe me five bucks. <laughs> Here comes the next one for you. you got a friend in Paul, Toy Story. Shoot. Indeed. You that got is... A friend 
Toy Story for Paul. Good job. So you both each have one point so far. Miles from your nice warm bed. Yeah. All right. Here comes the next one, guys. Thomas Newman. Oh, Paul, Sleeping Beauty. I'll let you know here in a second. I think that's right. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes, of course it it's Sleeping Beauty. All right. It's Sleeping Beauty. Was, that's right. That's too long on my end. <laughs> Here's the next one. It's the newer ones. I don't know. Any guesses? Paul, home on the range. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, wrong. Uh, Patch, any guesses? Yeah. Uh, Wait, do I lose a point for that? No, I'm not going to do lose uh, points. Okay, no, no guess. No guess for me. That was brave. Oh, brave. So here comes the next one. Paul Mul- Mulan. Oh no! I know what it is. Uh, I'll oh, keep yeah. playing it. Yeah. Any guesses? Oh. We are immortal. <laughs> oh, uh, I know that one. Hatch Hercules? I don't know. No. No, it's Big Hero 6. It is, but too bad no. you guessed something else, Paul. Jeez. Too fast on the I gun. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's this? Oh, uh, no. patch, patch, no. patch. Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, good job. Is it? Yes. I I would be horrible at this, so. It, yes, indeed. Nightmare Before Christmas. Good job. So you're at 2-2, guys. All tied up. Here's the next one. Paul, Snow White, and the Seven Dwarfs. Maybe. Yes, indeed, it is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Good job. Paul? Here comes your next one. Paul Aladdin. Indeed, it is Aladdin. Uh, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> oh, does, it to be, does it need to be? Does it need to be louder? No, for it's, you? Good. it's good. I'm, okay. I was trying to see. Is that Robin Williams? Mr. Aladdin, sir, what will your pleasure be? Let me take your order. Jot it down. You ain't never. Here's, had the, here's the next one. Paul Mulan. Yeah. Make a man out of you. Paul's trying to take it away. Five to two. <laughs> okay, here's the next Within. one. Paul, Oliver and Company. Yep, that's indeed Oliver and Company. Jeez. Patch, Lion King. Paul. There you oh, go. Nice. Good job. He's back. Three for Patch. Twelve for Paul. <laughs> How did you score double? Okay, here's your next one, guys. Paul Hercules. Yeah, indeed. Oh, Hera. Yeah, I heard Hera there, and I was like, oh, it's Hercules. <laughs> Put the glad in Gladiator. Hercules. Okay, here comes your next one. Patch, cars. Oh, uh, nice. Good job. Maybe I'll have to let you know in a second. I don't know the why. Yes, it is. Give him the point. It is indeed cars. Good job. Do it now. We're 7 4, Paul. Yogi. <laughs> He's catching up. Stop it. Oh, Paul's Cinderella. 
Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, that's Cinderella. So, still semi-competitive here, guys. Still anyone's game. Here's your next one. Patch oh, frozen. Pa and I'm sorry. I heard patch first. This is why you shouldn't. Oh. You shouldn't say the answer right after Paul. I heard patch right. first. Patch. What is what is frozen? Oh, very good. Jeopardy <laughs> rules. I'll give you double points for that. <laughs> so it's now eight six. Yeah, enough of you, Elsa. I said enough of you. Okay, here's the next one. Paul. Patch. Paul, Paul go ahead. Jungle Book. I'm very good, very good. And I applaud you for restraining yourself, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you pick a Paw Paw, here comes the next one. Paul. Okay, go go ahead and guess, Paul. Tangled. I think that's right. Yes, indeed, it is tangled. All right, next one is coming up. If I were a rich man with a million or two, patch. I live in a penthouse. Go ahead. Oh, Paul. No, well, what's Patch's answer? I I know. Uh, would that be no Richie Rich? <laughs> Paul right. Disney's Richie Rich. No, it's sorry. Not. Go ahead, Paul. Monsters Inc. Monsters? Monsters? Monsters Inc. Inc. Yes, Monsters Inc. Good job. I was trying to hear the lyrics and go, where does that fit in Monsters Inc.? I don't know, but that's uh, John Goodman and Billy yeah, Crystal singing. Paul. Go ahead, Paul. Robin Hood. Indeed. Great soundtrack. Great movie. Here comes your next one. Paul. Uh, okay, go ahead, Paul. Um, uh, Be Beauty and the Beast, sorry. I think he cheated. I think he cheated. I don't know. I think that's, yeah, that is being the good job. It is kind of cheating. Because you, you heard Bell singing after that. No, I, at first, for some reason, Bell's Enchanted, like Christmas was in my head. And I'm like, no, that's not the title. <laughs> oh, if only he had said that. Okay, that would be fantastic. Here, here's your next one, guys. Paul. Yeah, go ahead, Paul. Pocahontas. Very good, yes. Apparently, your winds are made of color. Okay, here comes your next one. Patch. Paul. I heard Patch first. Pinocchio. Pinocchio, indeed. All right. Obviously, I know the older ones. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer pistachio myself, but. <laughs> oh my god. Paul? Okay, go ahead, Paul. What's your guess? Princess and the Frog? Very good. 
Wow. Wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known that one. Me neither. Here's your next one. Paul. I heard Paul first. Tarzan. Uh, yes, Tarzan. Okay, here's the next one. Paul. Go ahead, Paul. Little Mermaid. I suppose it's Little Mermaid. Uh, <laughs> her and her who's it's and what's it's. <laughs> All right, we're 17 7 Paul. Next one. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, this is familiar. No, never mind. Patch? Yeah, go ahead, Patch. Fantasia? No. <laughs> Pretty good guess. Up. That was up. Up. Oh, that's right. Um, the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, no lyrics. Here's the next one. Paul. Peach. That'd be Paul, I think I heard. I want an exact title from you, Paul. Oh. The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I think that's right. <laughs> uh, have to have an exact. Is that it? From you. you. Uh, good enough. Yes. Paul. Okay. What, Paul? Aristocats. I think. Maybe. I don't know. Yes. Aristocats. Aristocats, indeed. I think it's safe to say he won this one. Uh, I don't know if it's, it's, yeah. Maybe, but... There's still hope. Is he running up the score now? Is this what this is? <laughs> Paul. Yeah, I, Paul. I heard Paul. Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan. I think there's one more. So <laughs> here's what we'll do. The last one's worth 20 points, right? <laughs> <laughs> a close one or a blowout. I don't know if I want to feel that. <laughs> oh, let's... I'm trying to see if there is... Well, I think there might be one more after this, so here's this one. Paul. Go ahead, Paul. Lady and the Tramp. Yep. All right. So let me... I'm just going to double-check that there is one more at least. We will do one more. Okay, there is. All right. So is 21-7 Paul. <laughs> uh, Patch, if you get this one right... You will earn a shocking however many points it takes to be Paul. <laughs> 15 points. Um, Paul, if you guess and get it wrong, you will lose all your points. Okay. And uh, of course, if you guess and get it right, you win. But uh, <laughs> And his guess is only worth one point, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth negative complete <laughs> All right, listen up. Here's your song. Okay, I can give you a hint since I... Are you guys are still there, right? We haven't phased out. Okay. Let's see. Uh, we, how about this? We'll play. Well, I don't want to do 20 questions. This is going to be too long. I'll tell you this. It's a Pixar movie. I'm still, whoever shouts out their name for us, I'll, I'll give it that floor. All right. And I'll just give clues. It's a Pixar movie. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, 
Patch's podcast would be very into this movie. Oh, oh Patch. That's not Patch. 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 Yeah. That would be, um, that would be, oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, all the feels. It's uh, about uh, emotions. It's about, oh, oh. I it's, uh, I know oh. it's, it is. It's, 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 can it's, I say it before him? I'll give him uh, five more seconds to come up with the name. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to lose on this. And that's time. Uh, up, uh, inside out. Inside out, yes. <laughs> I was going to say all the feels, and I was like, that's not right at all. Oh, uh, it was a valiant, gonna... valiant effort, Patch, but unfortunately you lost 22 to 7. Okay. Um, at least it wasn't a complete shutout. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we didn't have to engage mercy rules or anything. That's uh, good. But uh, so, congrats, Paul. I suppose you're the winner. Chicken dinner. In the liner. Well, I had a, a valiant opponent. I was scared for a moment there. So thank you, <laughs> um, Yeah, but no, I thank you both for playing that. It's the first time. Hopefully, I'll get some kinks worked out for the next time we do something like that. But hopefully, you enjoyed listening to it. And now we will get to our, uh, you know, feedback, announcements, all that jazz. Us, please bring up the communication satellites before we get out of here. Comsat online. Receiving incoming transmission. Alrighty. First, before we get to feedback, I want to say, uh, as always, go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash CastYourVote. That's all one word. Uh, so that you can vote up and down the movies you want us or don't want us to cover. You can vote uh, as many times as you like, but only one vote per movie. If we were to close voting today, we would get the following movies. There's been some up and downs lately. Uh, so, uh, again, we're still... There's still a delay in the, that last group of five movies we're going to be covering, so that's still coming. No worries. Uh, but we still have our 100th episode coming up next, and then our Santa Claus episode is what the winner of the Instagram contest uh, wanted to do, and that's Santa Claus 1985 version, I believe, with Dudley Moore. So yeah. that'll be interesting. But uh, then we do our <laughs> next five. Then we do those Christmas five. Christmas 2! Yeah, <laughs> Then we do the five movies you covered, which honestly escaped me right now. But I think Sneakers was in there. I think um, some other good ones were in there. Maybe Jaws. I forget exactly. But if we are going to close the line on the next next five movies, the top five currently are Newsies, Aladdin, Space Camp, In the Army Now, and Hook. Wow. So if you're liking those movies, uh, go vote them up so that they stay at the top. Or if you want any of those voted down, <laughs> Space Camp, uh, go vote oh, them down. Oh, Space Camp's Whoa. awesome. Whoa, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're having some uh, uh, nostalgia goggles there, Paul. Maybe. I want to rewatch it to find out. Fair enough. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, always go cast your votes uh, for voting on the movies you would like us to cover. Uh, next uh, announcement. Yes, we are at the cusp of episode 100. It is so awesome that we, we're going to be essentially celebrating our four-year anniversary of being a podcast then. 
thank you so much. Changes will be coming. Uh, if you want to find out early about those, consider becoming one of our patrons by going to patreon.com slash retro rewind podcast. Alternatively, you can also go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Patreon. Both excellent ways to get to our patron uh, campaign, Patreon campaign. Uh, Now that I've gotten those (laughs) announcements out of the way, let's get to your feedback. Uh, First from Twitter, uh, Diego, who again is at a Latino lawyer, said, you guys really do a great job with the podcast. It's a joy to participate. And oh, um, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much, Diego. And uh, more, more uh, apropos to our last episode on X Files, Retro Rewind Podcast dot com slash ninety eight. He said, "Every time I listen to the Retro Rewind Podcast, I say to myself, for a guy I disagree with so much about movies, he's still a heck of a guy, Francisco." <laughs> so, oh that's nice that was nice i felt both equally humbled and equally uplifted by that comment so i appreciate that diego no that's uh, very complimented oh sure but i i'm i'm i think a part of me is a people pleaser and hates the idea that anyone anything i say doesn't people don't like oh so, it's a growing opportunity for uh, you yes indeed so i i appreciate that it was is is good of uh, two sides of the coin or something. Yeah. Builds character. <laughs> uh, like it builds trust. Ace. How <laughs> did he get an ace? That's unprecedented. Inconceivable. Let me keep referencing movies. No, let's go on to the next uh, bit of feedback. Came from uh, the Systematic Star Files podcast. They got, they said, you should definitely cover the movie Evolution. I was 11 when that came out and loved it. Ha ha ha. And yeah, we, we last episode, we said we'd put that on the list and it is on the list now. I think it is uh, in the 20s, I want to wow. say. Yeah, it is currently 29. So if you want to, again, vote that one up to knock out a space camp, by all means, do it. <laughs> hey, Francisco, what? I got Why a question. Why do people not like what I say? What? <laughs> Yes, How do you, it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it as a little kid. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> eh, yeah. And Marty's matter. mom. I think I'll yeah. thumbs down to that. Oh, see what uh, I did there? Uh, what were you going to say, Paul? Uh, my wife and I, we were on the, uh, the upvote page, and some of the links, or at least the picture, doesn't match of what uh, we think yeah. the title is. I know. So, like... I voted based on what I think it's supposed to be. Okay. Like evolution. It showed the picture for Dragon Ball Evolution. You know? Yeah, and, I know. And but when I so, actually clicked on the ranker thing, it does show the right yeah. movie. Okay. I don't know why the So she didn't up. vote because she thought uh, it was the other version, like the picture. So mm-hmm. we should tell people click on whatever version is there. Like Pinocchio is the Disney animated classic it's not like exactly the updated one whatever yeah 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 so unfortunately we don't control those thumbnails it's awesome that we have a service like ranker it allows you to be able to vote on the movies we cover it'd be really hard for me to build out that type of system but with that comes some constraints that we don't control the thumbnails um sometimes yeah those don't look right I think one of the thumbnails is for an honest trailer of a different movie that's not the movie. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of wonky that way. 
But so please vote on the title. Vote based on the title, yeah. And just that you know that it would be an old version of whatever said movie if there's a current remake out. Um, thanks for pointing that out, Paul. I, I had no idea that was a thing, but I'm glad that we did a little bit of QA here. Yeah. Uh, finally, last bit of feedback comes from the Xcast, uh, which I believe is a podcast on the X Files. That would make the most sense. Uh, so they oh. said, I just said, uh, like I shot them. Hope you uh, uh, get a chance to listen to the show. And they said, always looking forward to listening to this. If you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, you could do it via our contact page, retrorewindpodcast.com/contact. Or a bunch of other ways uh, Paul's going to mention here in a second. Uh, speaking of that, Paul, why don't you tell us what we're going to do before we get next time? Next we'll time. be going back yeah. to the year 1995 for our 100th episode. What we'll be covering is a surprise to you. It will be. Should, yeah, we, should we hint it, you think? or um, like It's going to be on like the two things it's going to be on. I don't know. It's up to you. I wouldn't want to, um, you know, release any secrets because of any uh, like espionage going on. Yeah, that's true. We won't want other podcasts to steal and you know and put eyes mm-hmm. on this thing. So okay, yeah. yeah, let's go ahead and keep it under wraps. All right, you got the golden touch on that one. Yeah. So let's. Uh, but until then, you can find us on <laughs> the retrojunkies dot com or. Uh, a retro rewind podcast.com what's our yeah. site again <laughs> yeah listen to us on itunes stitcher wherever you listen to podcasts that's Pretty fine much, yeah yeah and you can follow us on um twitter pinterest instagram facebook and you could support us through patreon and paypal but if you want to find me paul j powers because i can't get enough of me uh <laughs> see your medical doctor and go to pauljpowers.com Paul J. Powers may cause slight nausea, headaches, and uh, slight irritation to areas we will not mention. (laughs) Also, awesomeness. (laughs) Side effects not guaranteed. Consult your healthcare professional before intaking Paul J. Powers. Um, (laughs) PaulJPowers.com. Exactly. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for being an awesome friend, awesome co-host. Uh, I didn't have to make you out of a dead body, so that was that was good on on uh, on you for being alive when I met you. And uh, that makes me Igor. <laughs> well, you're taller than me, so I think I would be Igor and you would be Frankenstein. But all right, it's neither here nor Glad there. Glad we settled that. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> but thank you so much, and I'd also like to thank big thank you again for pensioning uh, Patch. Patrick Hicks, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Is there how can people get in touch with you? Is there anything you would like to promote? Yeah, so you can uh, you can find me at Shoeless Patch S H O E L E S S P A T C H on Twitter and mm-hmm. also Facebook.com slash shoeless patch. Or if you want to visit my website for more information on who I am, you can visit thisispatch.com. If you want to tune in to another podcast, uh, I co-host the Feelin' Film podcast. New episodes drop on Mondays, and um, I co-host with my buddy Aaron White. We talk about the emotional impact that films have on us, as well as finding the best in sometimes even the worst criticized movies that might be out there. So if you uh, if you like 
listen to a positive spin on film, uh, particularly if you're a fan of shows like this, mm -hmm. I figure you might want to join us in our conversation as well. So you can find us at feelingfilm.com and all your regular podcasting network places. Awesome. Yeah, it's an awesome show. Definitely love, like, I definitely recommend it. I'm not just saying that, but it's, 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 I listen to it when you cover movies that I have actually seen or I don't want to be, <laughs> uh, don't care about being spoiled on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and, and again, they, uh, Feeling Film has released a young Frankenstein episode by the time you've, you're listening to this. So go check that out. Any idea what number, episode number that'll be? Patch. That's going to be number 26. 26. Okay, cool. Um, all right. Thank you again so much, Patch. Yeah. Glad to be here. So much so much fun. Awesome. Uh, and most of all, I want to thank you, the listener, for taking time, maybe not taking time out of your day necessarily, but taking the time to listen to us while you do something else, like whether you're driving to work now or, uh, you know, walking on the treadmill or you're washing dishes, whatever you're doing, however, whatever podcast you're using to get, to listen to us. Thank you for spending this time with us. And we hope we, we got to make you laugh and we pray that we uh, were able to give you some joy in your day. What may otherwise be a, a sad day. Um, uh, uh, and with that, I just realized I didn't say who I was or where to find me. Uh, but who are you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at FXRUIZX. Um, and my portfolio is FXRDesign.com. So again, thank you for listening. Uh, enough about me. I uh, thank you for listening. But like a Pokemon trainer, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. <laughs>I thought that's the way you wanted it. Are you talking like that? <laughs> okay, I'm easy. So you guys didn't rate Young Frankenstein a unanimous classic? You're wrong, sir. Wrong. You lose. So you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Yes.